Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. All right, Joe, we got a couple of minutes, but Joe, here for you. Tell us, tell us some more about the, the honor. You're wearing the shirt. For those yeah, who see Joe. yeah, this this is the one time I'm gonna wear it to your show. Yeah. But uh, obviously a great honor, but I really want to go back to to how it all started. You know, first of all, you have to have done it for 25 years. So that's a long time to do it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date back to a game that Jim Zachary, a local assigner here for Little League, calls mm-hmm. me up and assigns me to a game over at Southwest Little League. And he says to me, he goes, I need you to go out there. I say, I don't know the rules. And he says, you don't need to. You just need to take care of Gary Ashby and David Thetford. They're playing against each other. <laughs> if you can, well, did you have our so game? I was in that. So I have the game. Well, I want to apologize for David. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Dan Law is at the game, and he's sitting oh, opposite David's team. And Bobby Welch, whose grandsons are on your team, uh-huh. is sitting opposite. And they yelled at each other the whole game. So that was entertaining. Yeah, that's two, two guys. That <laughs> I, got to, I got to listen to those guys uh, um in the stands for like the next four or five years while I was working high school ball. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. And then, of course, you know, I, I got to mention the guys that got me involved. I got started in the game because I was coaching. And Curtis Alexander, long-time umpire, was umpiring the game. And, of course, things didn't go our way. Some of our fans got a little crazy. And a fan throws a hot dog, a chili dog, over the fence and hits Curtis's partner. Oh, well, he must have been really mad to waste, <laughs> waste a good chili dog. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, anyway, I talked to Curtis after the game just to make sure everything was good. And he said, well, if you didn't like the officiating, you ought to start. And so I got in, and from there on, you know, Dole Suter kind of took me under his wing, and and he really gave me a lot of opportunities working games with him Mm -hmm. at the high school level. We end up working playoff games together and uh, somehow find myself at the state tournament just five or six years after I started working ball. So it, it, it was good to you. You've been good to baseball. <laughs> and in the words of Chico Escuela, baseball been very, very, very been good, good to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, a doubt. it has been. And, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of coaches that have helped me along the way. And, and, but obviously those two guys have uh, been around forever. And obviously they're now – uh, retiring from the game, they and, are. and they're leaving me in it. So all of the equipment I wear came from those guys. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. You know, it's been where I haven't been, so well, I feel good about being in it. Well, they've got the good stuff, without a doubt. <laughs> Joe, we appreciate you. Congratulations to you. That's and cool. You're a, you're a good friend. You're a good neighbor, and you're a, just a good good old umpires. Umpires go, and I don't say that's that good. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good coming from you. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt, yeah. we appreciate you. All right, there's your buddy, Rod. There's James. There's old James. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Rodney, good to see you. This is going to be interesting, James, because I think anybody knows you you ain't going to have a good football team if you don't recruit good athletes. All right, let me tell you real quick, Gary, if you don't know the story. James. Give me the story. The first person on the plane to come. James, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we can hear you. All right, Cook. Coach McGuire gets the job. Yes, he does. And he flies into Lubbock, Texas uh-huh. to take the head football coaching job at Texas Tech. Yeah. The only staff member on that plane is this guy, wow, James Blanchard, because oh. he knows the importance of getting to Lubbock and getting on the ground and to start recruiting. And 
you know, James, I've been around coaching a long time, and James is one of the most impressive uh, young uh, recruiting people Hello. that I've ever been around. And uh, welcome to Lubbock, James. Give us a little update on what's going on. He can't hear us. We can hear you. Well, we're just bragging on him, too. I know. I wish he could have heard that. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's that's pretty good. Pretty good for me. I have to play it back later for him. <laughs> so when we see him. Or why don't you call him, and let's just hold the phone up to the mic. That's what I had to do with Jody. So, oh, oh God, dog, I'm, I'm hurt now. I'm hurt to hear that. Paraphrase it for James, right? Well, no, I just said, you know, uh, Coach McGuire knew how important recruiting was here uh, is to any program, but when he came and took the job at Texas Tech, the man on that plane with him from day one was James Blanchard. Yeah, and James, uh, you got off to a great start, too. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We got a lot of good resources and a lot of good people, man, to, uh, to sell at Texas Tech. It's, it's, it's really an easy job. Uh, man, there's no excuse not to recruit well here. Hey, well, you know, people have always said, uh, uh, you know, you can't recruit to Lubbock. What's your feeling about that? Man, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, man, Lubbock is, is maybe the best college town I've ever lived in. I think it is. I mean, 300,000 people, it's enough activities for any college person or any family person to do. Um, this is a real college town. It doesn't matter if I go to the dentist or if I go to get my if I go to get my car worked on, people are wearing Texas Tech gear. Like, man, you, the, the, this is a, this is man, this is an amazing place to work and an amazing place to recruit. So you can absolutely recruit here. There's no excuse not to get talent to Texas Tech. Yeah, and Rodney was saying you're the the first guy on the plane with Coach McGuire, and my gosh, when you got off the plane, we have hit the ground running on recruiting. I, you know, I, I know our our 2023 class was ranked number one. Now we're down in the mid 20s, but still, that that to me is 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 phenomenal with a brand new coach in a, in, in the environment we're in right now. So I want to praise praise you for the good start we're on. What do you attribute that to? Man, just overall team effort in this building, um, led by Coach McGuire. Um, man, all the resources and everything that we need, um, man, provided by our AD Kirby Holcutt. Um, and we just we just got a great support system. And like I said, man, w- once you get the kids here, Texas Tech sells itself. We got a plan, we execute it, and um, I don't know, man. It's really it's really easy. A lot of hard work, but it's 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 really easy, man. Texas Tech is a great place. Anybody, any, all of you guys know that I'm telling you guys stuff that you already know. Hey, James, talk a little bit about y'all's evaluation process. I hang around there every once in a while and get in y'all's way and bug you about stuff. But uh, talk about some of the things that y'all look for and a little bit of the, I guess it's a, it's a language that you guys speak with uh, how you evaluate what you're looking for. Just kind of give the people a little insight on to kind of what y'all's you know, philosophy and kind of how y'all deal with uh, recruiting these days. All right. Now, you know, we're looking for, man, um, good athletes, man, with projectable NFL traits. We want, man, kids with long arms. We want verified track times. We want kids to have things that you can't coach. You know, man, I can't coach, man, 35 arms. I can't coach size 10 hands. I can't coach 4, 4 and 40, a 10, 800 meter, a 14 flat, um, 110 hurdle. A 23-foot-long jump or a 45-plus triple jump. So we want kids with, man, um, traits that you can't coach with athletic athletic numbers that you can't coach. And, um, man, we're going to develop them. Man, in the weight room with Coach Lance Barlow, Coach McGuire, Coach DeRude, our, our, um, all our position coaches are going to 
coach them hard and make them do tough things on the field every day. And, um, man, you're going to get an end product after that that's, man, Big 12 championship worthy. It should be. All right. well, it, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is where I see our biggest hurdle, and, and you may not see it this way, but uh, is the NIL money. It's a completely different game than probably when you started recruiting in college. Because when I look at this list of the top you know, 28, which we're in the top 28, fact we're ahead of A&M on this deal and I see the ones that are ahead of us you know per player are given a hundred thousand a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand UT's over two hundred thousand on NIL money per player and we are at according to this and we're at twelve thousand per player now I think all of Mm -hmm. our kids are going to get twenty five thousand once they get here but this is the recruiting class, I guess. A&M's below us, and they're at 129000 I think that says one thing. The product that you're talking about earlier, we've got a great product for kids. For us to be ahead of them in the recruiting race, according to this, and, and given uh, $110,000 less dollars per player. But how do, you, how do you deal with that NIL thing? Man, I see you just deal with it when it comes. Um, it's it's on a player by player basis, man. Yeah. This is the guy's honest truth. This is the guy's honest truth, though, man. We haven't had a lot of nil man conversations with a bunch of kids. I think maybe one or two this cycle where it's really been a conversation. Um, for the most part, man. Coach McGuire is telling the kids on hey on Texas Tech and Lubbock, and man, that he's going to love them up more than any other head coach. He's going to have a better relationship with them than any other head coach. That. Man, the connections that they make here man, at Texas Tech with a, the other student, with um, the student body, is going to provide them a better lifestyle after football than any other place they can go to. And um, man, for the majority, most kids are buying into it. They believe it. They can tell that he's sincere. They can come here and they can feel the energy that this place is about to take off. And man, they say, "Hey, coach, man, I'm gonna just come play ball, and the NIL part of work itself out if I'm doing my job." Well, and I don't, I don't think it hurts a thing in the world that every kid on the team knows that there's $25,000. And and no, I think what a wonderful way for us to do that, to approach that. Man, that, that's life-changing for some of those young men. So, like, you know, some of these young men just on the other spectrum, level, some of these kids have never bought their mom a Christmas gift before. So, man, if they're getting, man, $25,000 a year um, baseline NIL, Man, these kids in December can buy their mom a real Christmas gift. Some of these kids come from places where, you know, they, man, mom is struggling to pay rent. Some of these kids are going to be able to help with that. Some of these kids, are, man, have an investor and business mindset. Some of these kids are talking about opening up um, Airbnbs all in love and stuff like that. So, um, man, that's just a game changer. And we're super appreciative um, of the Matador Club and everybody that man, made that possible for our children. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's fascinating. Hey, you got some great people that work with you, James. Talk a little bit about your staff and some of those young guys that are really going to be uh, star-type people like you've become in this business. And just talk about your staff and how many people that you've basically got doing uh, to help you uh, bring all these kids into tech. All right. Well, man, uh, we got our director of scouting, Brian Nance. Um, he was with me at Baylor. He played at Baylor. You know, that's another testament to Jordan McGuire. The guy left his alma mater to come to Texas Tech to follow Jordan McGuire. You know, that's, so that's a testament to Coach McGuire. But um, 
Man, he's one of the best young guys in the business. Um, has great off talent. An amazing, amazing recruiter. Um, man, Brian Nance is gonna be a name that man, the Red Raider Nation is gonna wanna know and get to know over the next few years because he, he's gonna bring in a lot of talent. We got um Sean Kenny on our staff. He came from Alabama. He was under Nick Saban um for about five years over there. Uh, man, he makes sure I stay stay organized. He makes sure I, I'm not off the rails doing anything crazy. Um, he's another guy who's a tremendous evaluator um, from being under that saving tree. Man, when he sees it, he knows exactly what it's supposed to look like. And, man, he calls a shot. And, and man, Sean's not wrong too often. Um, we got uh, Jake Pittman, uh, man, who was at Baylor. He's with us on our staff. Man, tremendous evaluator, hard worker. He's going to be an up-and-coming guy in the industry. Um, then, man, you know, we got Harrison Hanna, who works in operations and recruiting. Man, um, we just got a great young staff. Then our director of on-campus recruiting, um, man, shoot, Presley up front. She's a Texas Tech alum. We got Kate Shealy. She's a, um, man, she was here under Coach Wells. Hey, James, um, can you, James, can you hold tight and uh, hold through the break? We've got a hard break coming up, and we'll come back and just keep you three or four or five minutes. No problem. Okay. And we'll call, we'll call you right back after the break. Sounds good. All right. Appreciate you. Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Three. You'll see our friends there. Okay. Let's get James back yeah, on the line. I just got a couple questions. I want to right. talk about his family a little bit. Yeah. Hey, you know how to do that better. Should it be on speaker? Yeah. Okay. We're back, James. We're just going to keep you a couple of seconds, James. A couple more minutes, and we'll let you get on with your life. I, I just want everybody to hear. Maybe you talk about your family a little bit and, you know, your children and ages. and uh, uh, Let us get to know you yeah, a little bit. let us get to know you, where you've been, where you've coached, where you've worked, all that. Oh, man, shoot. I've been uh, at two different places. I was uh, man, at Baylor under Matt Rule. Um, over there, Coach McGuire was the associate head coach, of course. Um, from my first year at Baylor, I left to go to the Carolina Panthers, um, as a pro scout, um, stayed there a year. Dave Miranda called me back to come help him run the recruiting department, went back to Baylor. And then, um, to Coach McGuire during that process, he was like, Hey man, I think I got a real shot to be the next head coach at Texas Tech. If I, if I get that job, are you sitting on the plane with me? And, um, I said, hell yeah. <laughs> if you get that job, I'm going with you. And um, I didn't know what really to expect, but he got the job, and next thing I know, we were on the way. We were on the way. Hey, I want to hear more about your family, but real quickly, I'm going to consider Coach McGuire as part of your family too. What a what a fascinating, great guy this guy is. Uh, man, I mean, Co- Coach McGuire is just one of the most genuine human beings on the planet. Um, full of energy. It's not fake. Man, people always say, is he going to get tired? Is he going to get burnt out? Man, the day he gets tired, the day he gets burnt out, man, I, man, I, I'm going to be looking outside, man. It, it, man, the world might be coming, yeah, it might be coming to an end. <laughs> man, hey, J- it, it, might, it might be our last day, fella. Hey, James, I was around him early when he first took the job four or five times. I said, there's no way this dude keeps up and it's really like this. And he never that changes. Is. I'm just telling you, never changes. Yeah, man, that that's 
that's just who he is. I don't know where he gets from. You say he gets from his mom. I, man, I, I don't know what they're made <laughs> out of to work like that every day. And, 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 and this is the thing. The strength of winning and losing doesn't change him. He stays, he's the same guy every day. And, and in this business, that's priceless when we're dealing with young men because they need that, that consistency in their life. And whether, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether we win or we lose, they're going to get the same Joey McGuire every day. And, um, man, I, I don't know, man. He, well, he's a different human. If he gets that from his mom, I think his mom needs to write a book <laughs> because I've not been around very many Joey McGuire's in my life. No. So, well, I'll tell you what, this, this guy you're talking to, he's a, he's a lot along those. There's a lot of people in that building that are a lot like Joey McGuire. I'm telling you. Really? Well, <laughs> man, I've, I've, met, I've met a couple. But you know what? He... He mimics this fan base. This the fan base is like Joey McGuire. <laughs> man, like I man, you know, man, Texas Tech uh man, one of the Texas Tech greats, man, we worked with it uh, at Baylor, man, Aaron Hunt. Yeah. Man, man, he told me. And I didn't believe Aaron. Matter of fact, I called him a liar. I didn't believe him. He said, Blanche. He said, Man, it's nothing like Red Raider Nation. And, you know, I'm all trapped in the hoopla at Baylor. We're on the way to the Big 12 Championship at that time. I'm like, I don't know. I think you, think you got a little bias in you. And, man, I had to call Aaron Hunt after about my first week here. I said, Hunt, I said, I got to tell you man to man, I was wrong. You were right. This place is not like anywhere else I've been. This place is different. This fan base is, man, elite. This city is elite. I said, man, I got to call and tell you man to man I was wrong. And, you know, he wasn't humble about it. He said, yeah, I know. I told you so. <laughs> He's not telling me nothing. <laughs> hey, hey uh, James, you know Aaron still holds the sack record here at Tech. Oh, trust me. He won't let me forget it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think a goal of yours would be recruit somebody that breaks that record. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. But, hey, that, that, that's, that's, man, it's crazy I said that. I, I told him that about two weeks ago. I said, you're not going to hold it for long. I said, I'm, I'm going to break that record soon, man. Oh, without a doubt. Okay, well, we're going into your family, and, and, and I'll tell us tell us about your family. We want to get to know you this morning. Oh uh, man, shoot, man, I have uh, five kids. Um, Goodness, man, they're all uh, they're all uh, under the age of uh, eight. They're all eight and under. Um, man, shoot, my oldest daughter's name is Kenley. Um, after that, we have Carrington. She's five. After that, I have my son Carter. Um, he just had a birthday. He just turned four, August tenth. Um, after that, I have a daughter named Callie. And then, um, my youngest, um, is my son, Kason. He turns one August 24th. Okay. So I got two boys and three girls. Two boys and three girls. And I'm assuming there's um, a, there's a mom to those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, man, the mom's name is Kiara. Um, uh, well, man, Carter, Carter has a different mom. Her name is Ashley, but, um, man, from a previous relationship. But, uh, man, Kiara, um, man, is my wife. She's a great lady. Um, Man, a coach's wife. She's traveled. Man, uh, had to move several times. Part of this profession, but um, man, shoot, it's uh. Where'd you meet her? I don't know, man. Um, Jackson Tech did a football game. She was the cheerleader. She was a cheerleader, hundred percent. Jackson Tech did a football <laughs> game, man. I, I I didn't even I didn't even want to go to the game. <laughs> I didn't even want to go to the game. One of my friends talked me into going to the game, and. Man, the rest is history. It's, it's, it's crazy how life works out like that. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Well, James, we're glad you're here, brother, and uh, appreciate the great job you're doing, man. And uh, uh, we'd love to have you on from time to time to talk about recruiting. Hey, man, y'all let me know when. 
And, man, I, I give y'all an exclusive here. We, we got another commitment coming today. Big one. So, man, y'all stay tuned for that. Big one. All right. We're going to jump over. There's T- going to be a lot of big ones. TCU is one place ahead of us right now in recruiting. I think it's big one. We, we may just hop TCU, start that, working that, our way back up. There you go. That's beautiful. That's super, James. Appreciate you. Good, good luck tonight at the scrimmage. No problem. Thank you. See you, James. Uh-huh. I guess good luck at the scrimmage simply means I hope we have a great scrimmage and we hope we stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll be there, but I'm going to tell you what, this boy, he don't, he's 100% recruiting. Yeah. I'm just telling you, this dude, he was an evaluator. He's done a lot. He was a, a – Matt Rule really loved him at Baylor and took him to the Carolina Panthers with him. Oh. Yeah, so that, oh. when he went, that's how that connection was. Okay. So – uh, well, he, he thought a, a lot of him if he did that. Yeah, so, no. Without well, a doubt. He's a, he's a big-time recruiter. I didn't tell you how I found out that we were hiding behind the I, – I, I don't look up at the TV that often. Uh, <clears throat> in my younger day, I might have, but I don't look at the TV very often. Yeah, I like, I don't look in the mirror very often. Yeah. But uh, we were sort of hiding behind James there for a while. Yeah, Lee and texted Lee, me. Yeah, Lee texted and said, hey, I want to see my husband. I don't I, think she cared that I scooted no, over. I'm, she said that, and I said, that's perfect. I don't know. <laughs> that's right. That's where, I don't that's, where we, that's where we're trying to be, behind the, <laughs> behind the screen. So, anyway, all right. Hey, I appreciate James being on. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. We could talk. I could talk to James for quite a while, but he, he has a life to live. And also, anyway, went to, was it he say Jasper? I think that's what he said. Yeah. I didn't know that story. Well, and uh, I was just sort of being a, a smart aleck when I said cheerleader. I did yep, too. Yep, that's her. Yeah, you, that was your, <laughs> one of your just statements that you kind of throw out there, that, and it was true. Yeah. So, anyway, but we talked about the recruiting deal. We are one ahead of TC, and, and that's on this. You can find a dozen of these things, and we'll be further up on some, lower down on others. But yeah. this is the one that factors in the uh, NIL. That's what I like about this is the NIL money per player. And see you if know, you can name the top, top five, the top five, five of the top ten, or you can name the top five. I bet I'd say Texas would be one of them. Texas is number four, and they're giving two hundred forty-eight thousand per. I'd say Ohio State's one of them. Ohio State is five, and uh, they're fifty-three, no ninety-three thousand per. I would say Alabama's one, number one. Yeah, but they're only they're giving one hundred forty-five thousand per. Well, it's your normal people. I mean, yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. It hadn't changed, and it will be the same next will it, year. Would Florida be up there? No, no. Okay, no. Florida, Florida. You know, they're in and out. Yeah, Napier's you know, They're not always in like uh, like they used would to be. Would it be Michigan? Florida's twelve. How about Michigan? Michigan's going to be up here somewhere, but not. Yeah. Certainly, they're not behind Michigan State. I don't know, Rodney. I don't that see old Michigan. Co- that old codger at Michigan may not. <laughs> he may not worry too much about it. But you know what happens, I think, Gary, a lot of times, hopefully, I guess, I, I think we're still going to uh, find out about this NIL and how it exactly works. But, you know, you give each kid 25000 that takes care of a lot of your issues. Yeah. I mean, no, that's for, right. for the most part of what any kid could get. And they're giving the walk-ons twenty five thousand. If they make the, if, if the, you're on that yeah. roster, you're getting the money. Top one hundred kids, isn't it? Just like in women's <clears throat> basketball, I, every player on that team is getting. 25. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I went out there when they gave them that money, and I did wear a green shirt. Somebody brought that up during the weekly show. I did wear a green shirt out to a Texas Tech event. And I apologize for that, but anyway, if I had it to do over, I would have stood on the other side. Saw where the I girls could see their faces. I saw their reactions, but it was from behind. 
when they were sitting up there. But I mean, it meant a lot to them, and to a, you know, to a lot of middle upper upper income people, they go twenty five thousand. Let me tell you what, I've been where those kids were, where you know, where you're paying your your paycheck to paycheck and all. I've been at that point part of my life, and twenty five thousand would have made a big darn difference back then. And he brought it up, and I remember even recruiting when I was recruiting. We brought in a lot of uh, kids, Gary that didn't have enough clothes to come to college, didn't have enough. I mean, they had needs that this will take care of. In a, in a, because if you look, if there's 100 players on your football team, 90% of them are not getting NIL deals. Right. I mean, they're they're not. They're right. getting the 25000 Now, basketball is different. I'm going to say look, 90% will be getting that's NIL That's the way it looks. But, that's, yeah, basketball is just it's, – it's really a strange deal how basketball – of course, I think basketball has been cheating forever. So money's expected in basketball. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. You don't have to agree with me, but I think if you think about it, basketball now not at Tech necessarily, but basketball's been cheating since the fifties. So anyway, basketball players expect to get. And money. you get ten or twelve basketball players, you got a hundred football players. I mean, right? You know, right. I think there's something. To and one or two or three make the difference. Make, you know, you can get three big dollar NIL guys. And you've changed your program yep. in basketball, yep. football. You've, you know, you, you. I think Tech did it right. When we look back and look back at it, I think Tech. You, I think we'll find out that we did it the right way. Yeah. And I'm hoping at some point, and I don't know what's in the plans. I'm not privy to it, but I'm hoping at some point they take care of baseball, and and. Well, I can't imagine them not. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine imagine them not. All right, Rodney. I want to go through some of this mess that I, okay. I just stacked it up. Right. See if you find this is an interesting story. It's called the Incredible Hole in One Story. This kid was playing ball and he was a high school kid and he had a high school logo on his ball and he hits. He makes a hole in one. You know, most people the hole in one they'll put that ball in the pocket and save it and you'll know, put it in a little frame. But he kept playing with it and he loses it. Okay. Turns out that a guy finds that ball a couple of holes later. And so he starts playing it because he likes it. It's a new ball, got a neat logo on it. He has a hole-in-one with the same ball in the same round. Two different people, same ball, same round. You find what that? are the odds of that happening? I'm going to say it's never happened and it won't ever happen yeah. again. Yeah, I'd say that's a never. So anyway, I've had that in my stack of stuff since June the 4th. So anyway, I thought, pretty I, cool, I thought I'd go for this. Okay, I'm going to go through some of these things and see if you think this is – Give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. These are just random thoughts. Remember when we used to line up at the fair to pay to see a fat tattooed lady? Now they're everywhere. <laughs> or is that I a thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm a no comment on that. Okay. Sideways <laughs> thumb. The older you get, the more you realize how precious life is. You have no desire for drama, conflict, or stress. You just want good friends, a cozy home, food on the table, and people who make you happy. I agree with that 100%. I like that. I may read that one again next week. Yeah, that was that's And the week after. How do you, 67? Yeah. I think I'm 66. I think yeah. that's the We're at that age yeah. where, hey, I don't, I, want any, be around, I don't want any issues. I just want to be around people that make me happy. Yeah, I don't want a bunch of drama around me all the time. Yeah, here's one that says, someone said to me, you're hard on your kids. And I say, yeah, that's why they're not a-holes. I adhered to that policy. Yeah. 
I did. I wasn't hard on my kids. In I fact, was. I never spanked one. I almost spanked Angie one time, but I couldn't quite reach her. She was heading up the stairs, and I took a swat at her, and I got it just the tip of my finger on her hind end. So that's the extent of my spanking my kids. You were a spanker? Uh, probably two or three in my son's life, but that's all it took. Okay. And I, I smacked my daughter on the rear end when she was about one, one and a half, and she <laughs> – she stuck out her lip and it quivered and did all that. Oh, didn't touch her and again. You couldn't do it again. No, nope, no. Hit her again. No. Now, I will say, T- Terry was sort of the the spanker in the group. Now, she didn't spank them much. Yeah. But, you know, I could just sort of I was, I could I look was, at them. I was or, brought in when it was when there was an issue. Yeah. When there was an issue, I was brought in. Well, Terry took care of the issues. I, <laughs> she, knew, she knew I wasn't going to do a darn thing. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, that's good teamwork. <sighs> okay. See if you like this. It was a lot more fun to be 20 in the 70s, which we were, than it is to be 70 in the 20s, which we will be. Yeah. There's probably something to be said for that, too. That's true, too. Oh, you'll like this one. It's called the New NFL, and it's two announcers up there and say, it's not his knee. It appears his feelings have been hurt, and they call the new 15-yard butt hurt penalty. The psychologist is attending to him on the field now. So, anyway... Well, uh, I'm just getting this stuff off my off my table. We'll be right back. Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Bedford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. All right, did you, did you get over I chucked a text. He said, give him a moment. Okay. We're going to have Chuck Landine on here. Chuck Hines. Chuck Hines. Chuck Hines. Chuck Hines. The morning drive. Yeah. Chuck Hines. We're going to have Chuck on here in just a little while to talk about that lawsuit that got settled. And and uh, one of the questions from the Breakfast Club was, how much do you think we gave? Marlene, Marlene, wasn't it Marlene? Marlene Stallings. Marlene, Marlene not Mar- Marlene. Marlene Stallings. Marlene Stallings. And uh, anyway, she, she got some money out of the deal. And, you know, I never even thought about suing when I got fired. I just thought, hey, you want somebody else? Okay. I understand. That's the way the world works. Yeah, but these contracts are a lot different now than they yeah. used to be, Gary. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they can come out of there with a yeah. lot, lot of money. And there was a – I remember just a few years after after I was fired out here at Tech, there was a, a female coach down at Baylor got fired, and she sued. And I thought, well, that never even crossed my mind to sue. To me, this is your place. Who do you want to run it? Yeah, that's Okay, what. you don't want me? Fine. You want Larry Hayes? I agree. Good call. You know, I'm with you. I was at Chattanooga head football coach. They walked in after six games. They wanted to make a change. I I didn't think about suing so, anybody. So, they wanted somebody yeah. different. You, and you know what? I kind of felt the same way. I thought they <laughs> I thought they should want somebody yeah. different. <laughs> My deal was, if I, well, darn, if I'd have known you were going to hire Larry, <laughs> I would have. Yeah. T, T gave me the choice. He said, "You can, you know, here's what's going to do. Monday, you're going to call a press conference, tell them you're re- retiring, resigning because of that." I said, well, no, we're not going to do it that way. If he said, hey, we got the opportunity to hire Larry Hayes, I said, hey, good call. I don't blame you. Good call. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. So When I was at Chattanooga and got fired, the AD at SMU now was the AD at Chattanooga. Really good guy, really good friends with Kirby Holcutt, and it was one of them deals. He knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he didn't want to fire you. No, it, we kind of had a little teary moment there, you know, talking about it. But it sometimes that has to, that's just part of it. Yeah. 
And what you do is you go home and, and you and you pack up and find another thing yeah, to do. That's what that's, that's I've done. That. We've done it all our lives. And what I I had the choice. I said I could I could go somewhere else and coach, or I could stay in Lubbock yeah. and find something else to do. And I wanted to raise my family in Lubbock. You did the right thing. Because the only other college job was Lubbock Christian. I knew they didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> now you, I, I wasn't the ideal fit. You did way the best them. thing. Yeah, it worked out. It worked Very out best. wonderfully, wonderfully well for all involved, to say the least. So anyway, but Chuck did such a good job talking about Marlene and I all heard that. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of Marlene advocates out there. I'm not going to say there's a lot. There's probably a few. Yeah. Uh, but she, you know, she, we never had her on the show. That tells you something. And we're lovers. We love, we love all Red Raider coaches and all. And we'll try, you know, we'll put our arm around all of them and say, hey, you're welcome here. But it just never Twanged with her, you know. Part of my job, uh, Gary, is to work with the head coaches and, yeah. and and help them. And she was, I will say this: she was difficult for even me to be able to do to work for her and do a good job for her. It's, but she was a little bit different. I tell you what, I really was disappointed in was she played she played the uh, the sex card, yeah. the the, the uh, gay card. And I'm not a big gay card or black card guy. I, I hope I'm still alive when that card it means nothing. Yeah. Because be nice. They would say, you know that you know that's wrong. You know they're you know. So I hope I'm alive when that happens. And I, I know we're heading in the right direction, but good God, we're heading slowly in the right direction when it comes to all that. But I will say this: I think she did a lot of good things. I mean, there was there was some negatives, obviously, and what happened to her was obviously justified, but. Uh, it was a tough situation to find line between coaching them hard and you know the other things, and she just crossed the line, and, and that's she paid the consequences for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, like I say, uh, I really I listened to Chuck talk on the morning drive about it, and I thought he pretty well summed it up pretty good because he's he's sort of like you. He, he was hands on. He was there there yeah. with as much as she would let him be. He and Fink be with them. He was with them. Sort of like you. You were probably as much as you could be, uh, you were. So, anyway. All right. I'm going to clear some more stuff off while we're waiting on Chuck to, Chuck to call. All right. These are phrases, everyday phrases. I'm going to tell you the origin of them. All right. Can you tell me if you can tell me the origin of this? Close but no cigar. What do you mean origin? You've heard that. Where did it come from? Is yeah. that yeah. Well, I've heard close no cigars all my life. All right, where do you think it stems from? Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Back in the 1800s, you'd hear this phrase if, if you were a loser at a carnival. Common prizes back then were cigars. Uh, you know, not for the little kids, I wouldn't think. But that uh, would be funny, though. Yeah, little kid goes, yeah, that. give me that cigar. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. So anyway, uh, at, car- at carnivals, close, but no cigar. You almost won, but you don't get a cigar. I was thinking so. the Cuban cigar. Yeah, well, you did good. Yeah. Burning the midnight oil. Yeah, that's one's been around forever. Okay. Some about burning oil. It, I don't know. Yeah, literally back before electricity, you used candles and lamp oil. And if you're up late, you're literally burning the midnight oil. So anyway. That was even a little bit before our time. All right, get off your high horse. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Get off your high horse. Uh, that means quit acting so cocky, so arrogant, so whatever, I would assume. And it comes from cars weren't always around, and horses used to be the best form of transportation. 
Owning a horse was a sign that you were part of the upper class. Oh. So the phrase, get off your high horse, is asking the uppity horse owner to get off their horse and humble themselves and be like the rest of us. That's pretty cool. So get off your high horse. And here's another one. As mad as a hatter. Not as familiar with that one. Are you? Yeah, as mad as a hatter. And then there was a mad hatter, I think, in Alice in Wonderland, maybe. But as mad as a hatter. And so, uh, well, that's what it says here from Alice in Wonderland, right? It says, based on a real issue that was common with hatters in the 17th and 18th century, a side effect of making felt hats was often mercury poisoning, which would cause issues that led you to go insane or mad. That's pretty good. I find this stuff interesting. But literally, when David's here, I don't do this stuff because we just talk about other mess. But I've had this stuff for a long time. Yeah, they called the coach at LSU and the coach at Kansas. He got fired at both places. Les Miles. They called him the Mad Hatter. Okay. I think it was because of his risk-taking, going forward on fourth down, whatever. Crazy stuff. Yeah, that called him the Mad Hatter. Okay, and that was sort of... Well, it's sort of like Tommy Tuberville tried to yeah. be the... Uh, yeah, a little bit longer, yeah. What he want to be called? Uh, uh, gunslinger. Gunslinger. Or something, yeah. yeah. Going for it on, you know, doing yeah. crazy, crazy stuff, so. All right. Take it with a grain of salt. You ever heard what that? Oh, yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. This phrase is one of the Basically, oldest origins. bull crap. goes back to 77 A.D. Oh, wow. This phrase wasn't popular until the 19th century. It was thought that a grain of salt would help with digestion... And could uh, also be an effective antidote for poison. Nowadays, the phrase means to avoid taking things literally or approach things with skepticism. So anyway, last one for today. And then I'll break this this back out in a year or two. It says, dress to the nines. I don't know what that means, but I've heard it. In the 18th century. Dress up. If you wanted to to suit uh, and you wanted to have one made. It was called Dress to the Nines, refers to nine yards of fabric it took to make a whole suit, including the vest and jacket. Today, it just means a dressy, dress really fancy. You're dressed to the nines. So anyway, well, our next guest is, is a fellow that dresses to the nines. Uh, Chuck, he does. Yeah, Chuck's a clothes He's horse. He's a pro. In the fraternity, we call him face men if he's a good-looking guy and a clothes horse if it might not necessarily be a good-looking guy, but he, but he dressed, dressed nicely. You know, sort of spiffy, a fancy Dan. So, anyway, but anyway, our next guest uh, on the show today is going to be one of those that uh, dresses to the nines. And then after that, uh, later on on the show, we got Randy Wink. He's a representative of the Knights of Columbus. And that's next week. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. We always have the guys on for Knights of Columbus because we need to make this a big darn deal. Did they skip it a year or two? I think they've skipped it two years. Because of COVID. Yeah. Might be three they've skipped. It might be. Yeah. Because, uh, and uh, I think Joey McGuire is going to be there and speak. And our own Rodney Allison is going to speak. Yeah. And that's where I first remember Mike Leach speaking. And I, and I'm standing next to BB Dax. Yeah. And BB 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 uh, Petrie, so I'm standing there, and that's Spike's daughter. And uh, Leach is up there talking, and he's talking, and he's talking, and it was about his his dog Peppy, <laughs> Peppy, and da 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 Peppy, and da da. He just went on about Peppy, Peppy, Peppy. Anyway, I'm just sitting there going, 
my goodness, this this guy's dead. And BB looks over at said, looks over at me and says, Well, you want it different? He <laughs> <laughs> said, Well, we got it. Chuck, can you hear us? I don't think Chuck could hear us. We'll tell him to do it like we did. Chuck, can you hear us? I can. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. That's this makes life a lot easier. When you hear us, we got a big square right in the middle of you there, and if we can't get rid of it, we'll just we'll just consider it censorship. How's that? That's absolutely oh. perfect. What do you got in the background that's on, there? That's you, on you guys then. Are you up in your what your awards room? Yeah, I'm up in my uh, I'm up in my sports room. That's exactly right. Well, show us some, a- show us some stuff. Okay, so uh, there you see a uh, Final Four picture of uh, Texas Tech where uh, the Red Raiders unfortunately lost in the national championship game. Yeah. There, there, you, see, there you see you hey, guys. Hey, sports talk and, with Dr. Ashby. We're on his wall at home. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a big TV up here. I've got my, uh, my uh, Shawnee Mission West letter jacket there from high school. Oh, track that's, and swimming. that's great. Number 79? Well, I, I graduated in 79. Oh, okay. Okay, and then uh, you got my uh, Chiefs Super Bowl four a banner right there. EJ Hollop was on that. Oh team. yeah, offense my, uh, and defense, wasn't he? Yeah, was that my, Super my Bowl boyhood one? hero. Two years. My boyhood hero, Lynn Dawson, is uh, probably not going to be with us very many days, and that makes me sad. And uh, there's the Super Bowl fifty four, and there's my uh, my grandson, the young phenom. His uh, his guy is Patrick Mahomes. Hey, so hey, go back to that one right there, that LIV. I know that's, that's su- Super Bowl Fifty Four, but it's also the new golf league. When I saw yeah, that, no, I thought that, you were a big advocate of the new golf that league. Commemorate the, that doesn't commemorate the new golf league. That, okay, <laughs> that doesn't commemorate the new golf league. And then uh, I've got uh, I've got some uh, artifacts from uh, KU. That uh, some of that stuff on the wall there is the original floor of uh, Allen Fieldhouse and the limestone oh. that they used to build it. Huh. And so that uh, that's right. pretty. That's how about my, that's your, my stuff? How about your TNA cap? Is it hanging in there anywhere? <laughs> I do not have a TNA cap. Oh, you know what you would like, and I gave it away last night. Hey, the fella that South Plains College is in charge of their marketing. You know his Dane name? Dane Okay, he was coming out of All American last night when Terry and I were going in. He said, "Oh, I, I enjoyed the show." Da, da 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 And he talked about you and all that. I said, "Well, come here." And I gave him that blue, which would have been a good-for-you blue T&A cap because South Plains <laughs> College, I gave him that. So, anyway, I can't give you the blue. Oh, yeah, no. I gave it away last night, but I will give you a T&A cap. Whether you wear it or not, it's up to you. You know, it's, it's – Yeah, no, I and, – and if you ever get a visor, I'm like Rodney. I'm a, I'm a, I'm more of a visor guy than, uh, well, than a I, cap guy. I could cut the top off of one of these okay. T&A caps. Okay. Got, got, I'll do that for you. Quite the, we got into quite the discussion yesterday. I was, I was called an old man, but then I had younger people than me that uh, supported my uh, thought on this. The the fat the the flat build hat. I'm just not a fan of. Oh Gary. lord, lord. I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I don't with get you, it. Uh, I'm with you 100. percent I don't get it. Now, now I'm not big on the real boat, but I'll take the real boat over flat any day. Yeah. Yeah, and then I heard y'all talking about that, and then I thought about the really, the really worst I've ever seen was back the little league kid, and you may be old enough for this, Chuck, but some of them would would turn the the side of it down, 
on the oh, no. on the side, just just the side yeah. of it. And that was the kid that you knew wasn't going to make it past Little League. Well, right. And I was one of those kids. I was one of those dads that never, ever, one time let his son wear his hat on backwards. And to this day, he wears the stupid thing on backwards. Well, I've got a son that wears it backwards. I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but I, but I love the boy. Right. And, 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 and I'm, I've raised him to think on his own. Yeah. Just like when he was four, I let him, I let him pick out. It might have been three. Him pick out his mom's birthday gift. I said, "You pick it out." I said, "Let learn him, teach him to make decisions." So that year, Terry got a fly swatter for her birthday, <laughs> but I let him make the decision. So she went, "Hey, Chuck, we're coming to right. a hard break. You understand hard breaks, but if you can hold on right. through the hard break, uh, then we'll get I back can't... to you and, and talk about." Uh, I told him that I heard you talk about Marlene yesterday, and you did it uh, very eloquently and very fairly, I thought. And so uh, since that's in the news this week, I thought you'd be the perfect person to talk about it. We'll be back with more Sports Talk right after this. You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live Saturday mornings from 9 to noon on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app.